0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. (laughs) In Kevin Hilly.
1: And we're freezing our collective, you know, what's oh, off today.
0: Can I just say, <laughs> you know, you know what I, I laughed. I saw a uh, weather report during the week uh, that said there was an icy polar um, blast <laughs> yes. through. And I thought, it just makes me think of things in my fridge that I eat. Makes me think of those king penguins and polar bears icy polar blast. And it is
1: Antarctic-like conditions well, yeah, here.
0: An icy polar is something that you get mm. out of the top of your freezer. But yes, it is cold, it is beanie weather, it is rug up and uh, and have soup. I love, I had pumpkin soup this week a couple of times, I love it.
1: Well, have. in my case, for lunch just a few minutes ago actually, which is probably very fitting for this episode of Food Fights, yes. I had scrambled tofu for lunch. It wasn't my finest dish, I have to admit. But
0: uh, it wasn't bad. All right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, it's on my list to talk about after we, and we get to our guest. and I'm we try We hear from our guest. Yes. Our, our guest is a vegan. Our guest is Estelle. She's a passionate vegan cook. Yes, she is. Estelle Greepink, who's uh, the court reporter and an on-road reporter for Channel 7 News in Melbourne. She's also a weather presenter for Channel 7 in Melbourne. Very talented young lady. And uh, she's, as you say, a passionate vegan cook. Mm. And we're going to talk to her about uh, a whole range of things, including that whole meat vegan. Well,
1: all the misconceptions surrounding vegan cooking and plant-based food. And I think this is going to be a real eye-opener for those of us, especially who are the hardcore meat eaters.
0: G'day. G'day, my name's Kev.
1: Who uh, have uh, certain ideas about what uh, vegan cooking is and, and vegan food. This, and in, will, uh, this will surprise you.
0: And in keeping with that, our food poll is about pumpkin scones. <laughs> yes. Seriously, could I get a steak?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it possible? Love a scone. Don't know about a pumpkin one, but uh, we'll see what people we'll think. We'll
0: find out uh, after we hear from our guest, Estelle Greeping from, uh, from Channel 7 News. Uh, and uh, it's a delight to have her on the program. You're listening to Food Bite with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. We've been told that you're a very keen vegan cook. Does that mean you're a vegan or you're just a keen vegan cook?
2: Look, I think I'm sort of on the cusp of vegan and vegetarian. I try as much as possible to eat vegan, but the thing that trips me up is like, the free cake at work or, you know, the bits of chocolate that are offered around. But at home, we don't have any animal products.
1: (laughs) I guess that's the great thing about vegan food, though, Estelle. It's come such a long way that when we talk about cakes, chocolate, so forth, it's achievable in terms of um, vegan food.
2: Yeah, it really is. And I think the best thing is that when people get into veganism, they think they have to buy all these extra health food ingredients like egg replaces, chia seeds, all these things. But you could actually achieve a lot of the same food with really basic ingredients.
1: Yeah. When, when did your, your interest or, or focus on, on vegan food, when did when do you uh, start uh, thinking that way?
2: Um, well, it was never something that I thought I would get into because my mother is Malaysian and I've always been raised eating a lot of meat, chicken, that sort of thing. It was only when I met my husband and he had been vegetarian at that point by probably already six or seven years. And it took me a couple of years to go along with it. At first, I thought it was all a bit silly. But I think by year three of our relationship, I just thought it's just easier if I do it too. And then I ended up becoming more passionate about it than him. So it's been fun.
1: Is there still a perception, do you think, Estelle, especially among the the hardcore meat eaters, shall we say, that um, looking at Kevin, no, that, that vegan food is more or less like rabbit food?
2: Yes. There absolutely is that perception and then I think there's always, I always hear the question, you know, if you're vegan, why do you want to eat things that taste like meat? Um, so I think there's always these questions that come back and forth but I think basically you can eat so much on a vegan diet and of course, a lot of the reason why people choose this diet isn't because they hate the taste of meat, it's, it's for other reasons. So if you can have it both ways, then that's perfect.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that, and that's the obvious question that I was going to ask uh, is the one that you just mentioned there. And it's not that you don't like the taste of meat; it's it's purely and simply the the moral uh, part of the the equation, which I think uh, anyone with you know half a brain would would understand that and uh, and re- and relate to that.
2: Yes, I mean I often say to people I'm not a massive animal lover. I don't have pets, but it's just the ethical situation that when you look at eating meat, that some animals. We do allow to kill and eat meat, and others we don't. It just doesn't sit right with me, and also the environmental impacts as well. It's and and also the health impacts. I feel like there's so many reasons to eat this way that once I started, you know, it's just been easy to go along with it. Yeah,
1: we uh, ran a poll just recently, uh, Estelle, about <laughs> getting people's thoughts on vegan bacon. The bacon itself was made out of banana skins, which I thought was. Quite, <laughs> quite clever too, but some of the um the responses we got were almost bordering on uh a- aggressive, and I think it it does bring out people's aggressive side when we talk about um vegan food.
2: yes, I've definitely seen that, and you know what if you're going to make banana skin bacon, I can almost understand it I mean it does sound kind of ridiculous um and then you do see on the other side, people within the vegan community, there can actually be a lot of aggression from them towards people who don't eat in their way. So it's interesting to see how passionate people can get about a diet.
0: Is there anything you miss? I mean, given that you, you said you Malaysian background with your mum and you, and you grew up eating a lot of uh, meat in your, in your early years, is there anything you miss?
2: Oh, there's actually a lot that I miss. Nothing that would tip me over the edge, but my mum's dish that she made for me growing up was high chicken rice, mm. um, which you cannot replicate in any way without chicken, chicken fat. Um, so I really miss that. And um, my dad is Dutch and we're planning a trip to Holland at the moment. And there's a lot of fish that I really used to like eating that I won't be eating this time around, but I think I'll be able to stay the course. <laughs>
1: You were talking earlier in our interview, Estelle, about uh, when cakes and chocolates and and sweet goodies are brought around the office at Channel 7.
2: (laughs) Are you a sweet tooth? Yes, I'm a massive sweet tooth. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so luckily there are so many vegan versions of sweets, but, yeah, I have to admit sometimes when things get carried around at work, I would never um, eat meat, but I think I definitely slip up every now and again with um, things that are passed around.
1: Just in a in general sense, um, Estelle, for a foodie such as yourself, being in Melbourne must be such a, a wonderful place to be.
2: Oh, it's the best place to be. And particularly in the inner northern suburbs of Melbourne where I live, if you want to eat a vegetarian or vegan diet, there is no better place to be. There's, there's probably a new vegetarian place opening up every couple of months. You know, we've got pubs that are all exclusively vegetarian. Every kind of cuisine, like I've just seen a place open up near me. It's all tacos and burritos that are all vegan. Um, you're just so spoiled for choice.
0: So, what's your what's your signature dish? What's your you know at home if you want to do do something a little special? What 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 do you knock up?
2: Um, we like to knock up pasta because often when people come over and they're not used to eating vegetarian, we try and replicate a meal that they would enjoy having normally. So we love to make sort of like a creamy mushroom pasta, but instead of cream, we make a bit of a roux with cornflour and soy milk and stir that up and then add our mushrooms and herbs. And we've never had any complaints about it. You can replicate so many things with just the simplest ingredients, so we really like that. We also like making like a shepherd's pie with lentils and like sweet potato on top and a lot of Asian food, stir fries, noodles, all of those flavours you can replicate with you know, your chilli oils and your sauces and stuff and just tofu instead of other protein.
1: <laughs> I imagine in your line of work, uh, Estelle, you find yourself out on the road, out and about, up and early, crack of dawn and then go, go, go all day. How important is uh, coffee or are you a tea drinker?
2: I'm a tea drinker. I do not drink coffee. I just made the decision early on to not get into that because I see all my fellow journalists, i mean, multiple coffees a day. Mm. Mm. So I try and stay away from that. I am partial to a little Coke, Um, like maybe three o'clock, like I'll go to the vending machine and get a Coke, but I'm really trying to stop that because I know it's really bad (laughs) for me, but Mm. I do like a soft drink, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about um, veganism too is that uh, it doesn't cut out uh, sugar, so you can have a vegan diet that isn't necessarily a, a healthy diet.
2: Absolutely, that's something that I've definitely had to learn because I'm sweet tooth. I love my junk food, and yeah, you can still have all the chips, lollies, soft drink that you like. So, people often say to me, "Oh, you know, if you're vegan, you must be able to keep off all the weight." And it's like, no, you've still got to try, you've still got to exercise. Yeah.
1: I do know the life of a of a journalist is is one that is spent. Much of it is spent um, on the road at times. Does that make it hard for you to to make? healthy food choices throughout the day?
2: Yes, it definitely is. And I guess being a journalist, you never know where you're going to go. And the further out you go, the only place to eat might be a service station. Um, And yeah, the fast food outlets don't always have the best vegan options or any options at all. So I do try and bring my own food, but that doesn't always work. So if I'm out on the road and heading out to a regional area, if I see a Hungry Jack's, I'll go there because they have a vegan burger. So Mm. I, I have to admit,
0: I go there quite a bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you mean service station food's not uh, not healthy?
2: Really? <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> Jeez.
1: And you don't know how long things have been sitting in that vein, Marie, for, do no, you? that board, is the
0: worry. You? That is the worry.
2: No,
1: you don't. <laughs> hey, um, Estelle, I, I see that you have uh, reported on and, and written about quite extensively in the past um, Chinese New Year celebrations, and I did notice a, an interesting little nugget here. Um, that um, in an interview you did, you discovered that um, during Chinese New Year, uh, they don't um, generally eat tofu because it's considered unlucky. Tofu is usually associated with with funerals. Um, Now, I I find that quite surprising. I find, and Kevin will find that most surprising because Kevin is is very much against tofu, aren't you?
0: Anti-tofu, but anyway.
2: Oh, look, I used to be anti-tofu. It's hard to get into, so I I don't blame you. Um, Yeah, I I think that was the thing that took me the longest to get into on this diet. I thought, what's with that? It's tasteless, you know, the texture's weird, but once you figure out how to cook it, it's pretty good.
1: What what do we do with it, Estelle, to make it exciting?
2: (laughs) I think my favourite way to eat tofu is to get um, the sort of medium- firm tofu that you buy in a plastic container that's in a little bit of water, and I will crumble that up in a pan with garlic, onion, paprika, curry powder, whatever sort of seasonings you like, and I'll use that to make a scramble, and I'll have that instead of scrambled eggs. And by the time you put it on some toast with the mushrooms on the side, baked beans, that's probably one of my favorite breakfasts. So I've gone from being an absolute tofu hater to now really enjoying it.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I don't know that you convinced me a hundred percent, but you know, you know I, I think also, I think if I'm if I'm not told it's tofu, I'd probably look at it and go, oh, "That looks really nice. Let's <laughs> let's have a crack at that." Hey, I still got to ask you your. Yeah, you've uh, got to give it a go. Yeah, your dream dinner party. If you if you're having a, a dinner party at, at your house, you and your husband hosting it, who would you have? Who would be there? Hmm.
2: Well, I'd have to have someone to cook the food. So I'm trying to think. Um, I love Adam Leor from SBS. I love his Malaysian and Japanese cooking, so I'd have to have him. He could cook the food. I also love a food blogger that I've followed for probably 10 years or more called Jules Clancy. She has a food blog called Stone Soup, and her premise is that she makes all her meals with five ingredients or less. And I found that when I started this diet, that was really helpful to figure out how do I cook a meal with five ingredients when none of them can be animal products? Um, and that's really informed the way that I cook now. So I'd like to have her. I think for the table decorations and the general vibe, I would like Jessica Nguyen, who's an Instagram personality, who she became really popular over lockdown. but she does the most amazing decorations on tables and puts so much detail that actually makes you excited to eat the food when it's presented so nicely. Right. Um, And for conversation, (laughs) I think I would invite, Clarissa Ward, the CNN correspondent who was very prominent during all the Taliban stories last year. Mm. I just finished reading her book and she just sounds incredible. She sounds like she would have some amazing stories. Yeah,
1: you'd have some fairly heavy-duty dinner conversation that night, I'd say.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and Estelle, finally to, to wrap up, we usually ask our guests uh, if they have a, a cooking tip or a kitchen tip to share
2: for a kitchen tip. Mine's pretty simple and maybe people already do this but I like to have a bowl on the counter where I put all of my scraps so that I can easily compost them later. I just feel like it's easier to work when you've got everything in front of you and that way you can keep your space clean as you're going along and I'm cooking all my tofu.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Great. Hey, still. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And now you've got to get to court because it's a, a, another busy day for you on the road uh, with uh, with Seven News. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much, guys.
0: You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. There you go. Mm. Perfectly sensible uh, reasoning and thinking puts about it in perspective, yeah, it does, doesn't it? it Just does. because
1: it you, <laughs> you like meat doesn't mean you can't be a vegan. You can. You can like both.
0: Yep, you can. Now, I, I do have a – before we get to the food poll, I do have a point of, a point of order to <laughs> oh, ask. No. I've got a question to ask without notice. I haven't – Oh, here we go. But we sort of had this conversation in our kitchen uh, very recently. Why the yellow peril? <laughs> the, yellow, the yellow peril of cooking. You mentioned at the start of the program you had scrambled tofu oh, yeah. for lunch. Now, yeah. you, you put the yellow peril in it. I put a bit of turmeric in there.
1: A bit now, of turmeric. turmeric is supposed to be good for women of my age – that being over 50. Yep.
0: It's
1: supposed to be good for women in my condition, my delicate condition. Yep. Well, not so delicate. Well, it's
0: menopause, and, <laughs> and I spoke to Alison Detto, who's written a wonderful yeah. book about it for another podcast. Let's just idea. put it out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and turmeric is this, this, this. Uh, you know, wonder. Uh, yeah. Is it a, what is it? It's a spice. <laughs> it's a spice, <laughs> And <Okay>. it's orange. <laughs> it's a wonder spice.
1: <laughs> well, it's a plant, you'd you miss,
0: know. You'd missed her singing in the group, but wonder spice is back and the yes. name is tumourine. Yep. But why does it have to be A, so yellow, and mm. B, and this is e- evidence from you, yeah. Your Honour, <laughs> so you're under oath, you're on a stack of bowls, that it tastes like something that you wouldn't really like to eat.
1: No, it depends what I put it in. I was experimenting today. I thought it might go well okay. with the tofu and I thought it would turn it a nice shade of yellow, which it did. It just uh, it just didn't do it for me. But well, when I do when I do curried uh, salmon or curried okay. tuna, I put a bit of turmeric in and uh, and that tastes all right. But I, I, generally, um, I generally drink biofermented turmeric in liquid form. Uh, I take a little bit of that each day and uh, I don't know what that's doing for me yet, but uh, I'm sure I'll find out.
0: The yellow peril, I
1: call it. Well, it, it, it Yeah, you it, don't want to get it on your clothes. It stains if, um, your clothes. <laughs> it stains you the You could paint your wall with it,
0: could you? <laughs> the, the dishwasher, when you put the dish in, you hear the dishwasher go, ah! Turmeric is yeah, good not, for you.
1: And it is one of the again. key components of curry. And you love a good curry, and curry powder. Well, let me tell you, the destruction it leaves in its path, it would want to be good for you. Now, <laughs> yes. something that is a little kind of oh, yellowy. Well, it's more orange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Pumpkin scones. Who wouldn't want to go a nice uh, scone with jam and cream in this? Weather.
0: Uh, well, a lot of people.
1: These were um, famously connected to. Uh, was it Flo? Bianchi yes. Peterson. Oh, yeah. She was uh, a wizard making pumpkins. Because, and can I just say before I start reading these, we had an amazingly massive response to this I've spent food poll.
0: Days literally editing <laughs> down to get to the number we've got because really, th- thank oh, you so much. Oh, we had over 100. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. It was thank terrific. You. So we've whittled them down and here we go. Sue Hosking says, take them or leave them. Now, a good cheese oh. and chive scone I can get excited about. They have cheese in them yeah. after all. Mm.
1: Jeez. Oh, that sounds good, actually. Kerry Rodder says, I would rather a sultana or date scone, but i definitely eat a pumpkin scone. The very best scones are found in the staff tea rooms of country hospitals. Best pumpkin scones I've ever tried were at Kerrang Hospital in the tea room there. Also the best sultana, date and plain scones. We
0: apologise to the Kerrang Hospital <laughs> if there's a run on your tea room. Yeah. Uh, but Patricia says, yay, my grandmother made the best pumpkin scones ever. I think uh, she taught lady Flo." To That's make right,
1: them. lady. She was a lady. Yes, she was. Rod Wing says, "Absolutely, definite yay from me." My mum used to make them. Awesome, warm just from the oven.
0: What isn't good, warm from the oven? <laughs> True. Terry Daniel says, "Yay, sounds good to me." <laughs> Anything with turmeric in it. <laughs> okay, now you've got if you've found one.
1: <laughs> Rhonda says, "Yay!" But my favourite, a date scones.
0: Leoni says, "Yummo," and with sultanas, it's a definite yay.
1: Pamela, I love making them. Yes. Deborah Rule says, "Absolutely." Silvana says, "I've never tried them." Catherine says, "Any scones, yeah. basically,
0: any scones you want to throw up there."
1: Joan Zamet, I am a sweet tooth, so I have to say jam and cream. Now
0: we're going to get into the condiment uh, region <laughs> yeah. of this as we as we plough through, and you'll find it's it's very interesting. Uh, this um, Elspeth Elspeth says, "Warm, lots of butter, and low quat jam." What, what, what is, is that? I don't know. I don't <laughs> different. Uh, What's well, the opposite of high quat? <laughs> It takes me straight back to my days living in Brisbane. It must be a Brisbane thing, and I don't know it. But anyway,
1: yeah, yep, yeah, meet me either. Uh, Suzanne says, "Oh
0: wow, I love them." Uh, Low quads. I think what you do, you know, what you do in the bedroom is <laughs> exercise. I'm doing my quads. They're hello, squats. Quads. Oh, squats. <laughs> so I was close. Uh, Valerie says, "Definitely, yay! Miss my mum's pumpkin scones. Ah,
1: oh, Glen Rotter. Now you're talking, Paddo. Yay for me.
0: Hope says, "I've started using soda water in mine, and they turn out ever so soft."
1: Yeah, well, I have made. Lemonade scones and the bubbly stuff makes them bubbly. Read what Julie oh, says. In your, Jules yeah. Jules Garvey says my absolute favourite scone reminds me so much of my gran. But soda water and also lemonade are brilliant in scones. Well, there you go.
0: Now the conversation then descended <laughs> uh, on on our uh, Facebook account into making gut healthy scones oh. with almond milk.
1: Oh, do we want to make them gut healthy? Well.
0: <laughs> Ladies, please. Can we get back on track here? Uh, Lester William Hazelwood says, "Love them, especially with some cold oh, butter." Okay,
1: Colleen. Yay, tasty treat.
0: Sue Landry says, uh, "Had them once and was pleasantly surprised." So yay from me. Michelle, mind, mind you, mind you, only pleasantly surprised enough to have them once.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Couldn't be that <laughs> exactly. exciting. Michelle Smith says, uh, "Yes, especially if it's Flo's recipe. There's Flo again."
0: Uh, Jan says, my mum used to make the best pumpkin scones as well as sultanas and plain yeah. with jam and cream, yum.
1: Why would you want to go putting sultanas in scones? Oh.
0: They are actually nice. Uh, I don't uh, like sultanas generally, uh, but they are poop. nice in scones.
1: Jeanette Clark says, my oath, Gran used to make these for me every Saturday morning when we visited her and Pop. No recipe, just out of her head with the measurements. Oh,
0: good on yeah. Gran. Uh, yes, says uh, Julie, pumpkin scones warm oh. with, with, hang on, oh. lashings of butter. I love lashings. <laughs> Lashing's a great I love word. a lashing. Yes. <laughs> <Ooh>. Oh, there's <laughs> Maybe the promo, I don't. <laughs> Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Michelle <laughs> says, Yay, with caramelized onion chutney from Berenberg for a savory style instead of cream and jam. Yum. That's a great take on a pumpkin scone because I guess you can go either way, yeah. can't you?
0: Yeah. Uh, the condiment version of this is really interesting yeah. to what people do. Uh, Neil, for instance, says, Yes, with cream and jam. Murph Hughes. Says nay. We finally found something. Move one week yeah. um, The Stuart Sutherland says wouldn't be my first nah. choice.
1: I'll oh, croaky. No, thank you. Why spoil a perfectly delicious plain scone by adding pumpkin? Much better to add jam and cream.
0: Terry <laughs> McMahon says uh, even lemonade scones. You'd have a crack at.
1: And Jan says yum. My mum used to make the best scones: pumpkin, sultana, and plain with jam and
0: cream. Uh, Diana Simon says hell yes. And then we have oh. years from Angie. Prior, Terry McMahon, Tricia Wilcox, Janet Bellidos, uh Debbie Porter, Jim Botel, <laughs> Sharon Cook, uh, Pam Morton, Di Roll, Charlene Brown, Kathy Visher, uh, Jan Tunney, and uh, Sharon Tideman and, and that's just Joe, some wife in
1: just there. Just some of <laughs> the
0: ones that we got. It was it was massive. It <laughs> um, was. The yays win it. Yeah, it
1: was the biggest response we've had.
0: I think uh, so for ages. far. Yeah, for ages in so, uh, two
1: hundred plus episodes.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for for being involved and uh, yes. for getting involved. And there'll be another one uh, this week uh, going up on Friday. The food poll. So please. So uh, get involved yeah. and, and the yeas win it too. Uh, Maybe
1: we'll debate the uh, merits of turmeric in the next poll. What do you reckon, Kevin? I don't
0: know that it has any merits. <laughs> the yellow peril is not that... Uh, <laughs> that. The, the thing that they had at the bottom of the bridge, remember that? The yellow peril yeah, sculpture? Yeah,
1: it was a sculpture. Yeah. They kept moving it and uh, and hiding it because the, it was quite
0: controversial. And in We its time. should be hiding the yellow peril. It is in our hiding bridge. in
1: the city somewhere now, but we don't know where it's tucked All away. Well, I'm going
0: to take the turmeric and put it there with the yellow peril so they can be together. <laughs>
1: it says Kevin, who's still using the, uh, the GIF to try and scrub it out of the, uh, the kitchen <sighs> bench top. Horrible stuff.
0: <laughs> Gets in the... Oh. Uh, but it's good for me. Uh, thanks to Estelle for joining us uh, yes. on the program. Really great to have Estelle. And uh, don't forget the radio version of the program is across the ACE Network uh, across regional Victoria. It so is. have a listen on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Oh, it's my pleasure, we, Kevin, as always. Can we get that turmeric out of the fridge? <laughs> uh, Till next time. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.